0: Good afternoon, I'm Kelvin Thompson from UCF Center for Distributed Learning, and I'd like to welcome you to Creating and Sustaining Effective Online Discussions, Strategies to Foster Critical Thinking, and Student Voice, the world's longest title, part of UCF's Faculty Seminars in Online Teaching. Our intention in each of these 30-minute seminars is to provide a brief treatment of a topic relevant to online teaching while connecting our participants to an array of resources for more detailed follow up Today's seminar will be successful, in our view, if you walk away with at least one thing that you can apply in your own online teaching. Now, we're taking this array thing very seriously in this seminar. You check out the seminar page written up on the whiteboards in our face-to-face space or in the online space in Adobe Connect, dl.ucf.edu discussions. You will see that there are literally 3,333 separate resources, on. that's not that quite that many, but it's going to look like that when you get there. Uh, You'll receive a follow-up email with that link as well, so don't stress if you don't jot it down, but you could. I'd like to acknowledge uh, a room full of people here uh, in our face-to-face space, in our Center for Distributed Learning offices, as well as 2.69 people, no, 22 people online in adobe connect i didn't know how he had 0.69 people i was worried our online participants are in good hands with dr beth nettles and moderately okay hands with john pizzo ensuring technical quality in the feedback form for today's session feel free to share any unanswered questions you have or any relevant ideas or resources that would benefit others and we'll follow up with these after the session please join me in welcoming today's speakers dr Beatrice Reyes Foster, and Dr. Rohan Jawala.
1: Well, hi. Good afternoon. Um, I'm very excited to be here. Uh, Thank you so much for inviting me to uh, share some of uh, my strategies for online discussions. Uh, We have this quick poll uh, that is not visible at the moment uh, on how frequently you use online discussions in your classes. So uh, please raise your hands if you use online discussions frequently in your classes. Okay, how about occasionally? So a couple occasionally. Uh, is there anybody here that rarely or never uses online discussions? Okay. So, I'm sorry? Oh, okay, so there we go. There are a few that, that and there's actually a person that's never used an online discussion. So, um, so online discussions are used uh, quite a bit on campus, and it's a it's a tool that I use a lot in my own classes. Um, Rohan, can we g- go to the PowerPoint? So there are a lot of uh, challenges with online discussions because even though they are a great resource uh, to elicit original student content uh, beyond multiple choice exams and student papers, uh, very often we wind up seeing material that just looks like they're, the student is doing the bare minimum that they have to to just get this assignment over with and move on. And so one of the things that I have spent some time thinking about um, in collaboration with my instructional designer, Amy Denoyle, is how do we foster critical thinking and student voice in online discussions so that students walk away with something rather than uh, being presented with something where they just want to do the bare minimum and, and keep going in the class. So critical thinking is a huge question. It, mean, it can mean a lot of different things. Um, in our own research, we found that there really isn't necessarily a consensus about what critical thinking is. And so the definition that I'm using today for critical thinking uh, is fairly straightforward. Uh, making purposeful decisions and judgments based on the evaluation of sound evidence. And so what I want to see, and what I consider cr- critical thinking, is when my students are evaluating evidence, and making decisions based on their evaluation of that evidence.
2: without having students' voice. And I think student voice is about getting that perspective that connects culture with what is happening in the learning exchange. It's, it brings about learning situations that students can apply and have their own knowledge being developed. And I think as you consider discussions, you could consider the main thing. How do I get students to appreciate the using of their own opinions in situations?
1: We're going to be uh, discussing some very specific strategies uh, that, we can, that we use uh, before, during, and after discussions. And these involve everything from assignment settings to uh, creating a creative prompts that maybe force students to think a little bit outside the box, to thinking about our role as moderators in the online exchange, um, and finally, how to, after the after the discussion is done, what do we do with the information we get from the assignment beyond just having a lot of grading to do? So in terms of uh, preparing a discussion and using uh, settings available to us through our learning management system, uh, one setting that I really like to use a lot is uh, having students grouped up in small groups. And the reason I do this is because The classes that I teach uh, are relatively large. I teach one class online that's 150 students. I teach the same class in mixed mode, and when I teach it in mixed mode, I have approximately 100 students. Um, I also teach smaller classes, but for the big classes especially, one of the things that I do from the very beginning of the term is I randomly assign my students into small groups. And so I have small groups of eight to 11 students, the students are grouped up, and they're kept in these groups throughout the term. And the reason I do that is because I'm trying to replicate as much as possible the feel of a smaller classroom. My hope, uh, and sometimes it, it, it's borne out, sometimes it's not, but my hope is that students will actually get to know one another because they're interacting frequently with the same group of people. If students want to interact with the whole class, they can do so through other discussion forums that I have set up for them, Um, outside of the graded discussions. But for the discussions we generally, I generally like to keep them in small groups. Uh, And there's a setting for it inside um, our learning management system. Uh, The other thing is all of these strategies are uh, visible in the the website that's connected to this event. So if you want to learn more about that, I can answer questions at the end, or you can also look at these resources. The other resource that I like to use is uh, holding is holding uh, withholding the, the discussion posts uh, from visibility. And so what I mean by that is that students uh, will generally not be able to view other students' responses until they post a response of their own. And this, in many ways, uh, helps them to be more original, or that's, that's at least the hope. Um, and so those are two settings that we are able to use in our learning management system that from the very beginning, foster an environment for promoting critical thinking and student voice. So the other thing that is important to do is to make good use of creative prompts. Now obviously the prompt is highly dependent on what you want to get from your student. Uh, so if you're interested in the students uh, showing content, then you need to design a prompt that's gonna do that. For me, I was more interested in Uh, fostering, enforcing the students to think. And so I found that the two, the two uh, strategies that I'm going to show you that I use in my classroom have worked really well for that. The first one is this, is the uh, use of word clouds. Now does everybody here know what a word cloud is? Well in case anybody online doesn't know or anybody here doesn't know, a word cloud is, uh, well what you're looking at one right now, it's a jumble of text but it's not just random text. You essentially take Uh, A full-length text, and there are several different platforms for this. Uh, The most common one is Wordle. If you go to wordle.net, you can do this yourself. Uh, You run a full text through an interface on the website, and they generate a word cloud that is made up of all of the words in the text. And the size of the words correlates to how frequently they are mentioned in the text. So, for instance, this word cloud is of a speech by Susan B. Anthony. And so you see that we have the words oligarchy, citizens, women, uh, white, broadly featured. And so what I do with this prompt specifically is I give my students this word cloud and another word cloud of a speech by John Lewis, uh, the speech that he gave at the March on Washington, and I ask the students to analyze them. Um, I explain what a word cloud is, I explain the, the reason why some words are bigger than others, and then I, uh, and then I give them a prompt. And so these are two speeches, they're written at different points in time, they don't know who wrote them, um, and they're arranged into word clouds. And so then I use a staggered, a staggered due date system. Uh, And the reason I do that is because what I found was that when I gave them a single due date, then they all just rushed to do the assignment. Uh, And so this way, I give the students an opportunity to kind of do part of the assignment, walk away, reflect, and then come back. And so the first post due on a Wednesday asks them to just guess. Guess who wrote the speech, and when, and why. And then compare the two word clouds to one another. Uh, Then the next deadline, which is on a Friday then, they have to go back to the course material. Now this is used in a language and culture class. And so the students need to relate their guess and interpret their guess using the concepts we've learned in language and culture. And then they also and that's the third part of the of the assignment have to we have to pick somebody in their group who came up with a different interpretation and respond to them. And so the reason I started doing this was because I was seeing a lot of posts where students just wanted to answer the question. And in this manner there I um, mean I mean in many ways essentially forcing them to think um, and we see that borne out in the in the actual text of their discussion posts. So here are some of the examples that I have of students' re- replies. Um, so the first student I chose because the student actually guessed the author. This is John Lewis's speech in word cloud form. Uh, and he's, the, the, he or she guessed, um, I feel the writer could have been John Lewis. And, I, and I, I think so because, and then the student lists the words. And so they're using evidence to back up their their guess. Um, the second, the second one, has the student says, in the first wordle, the one by Anthony, the use of the words make hateful mockery and crime give it a much darker tone. So we have the student also t- trying to interpret the word cloud using the language of tone and trying to figure out what the, what the voice of the speech is. And this is all just after they're presented with this. So the other... The other creative prompt that I like to use is called Photo Voice, and this is a good way of bringing in that voice element that we were talking about at the beginning of the presentation. Uh, so Photo Voice is a research method where participants express their viewpoints by taking photographs. And so what students have to do, and again I use these staggered uh, deadlines, is they have to use a camera or a cell phone to take a photograph of a concept. So in this in this particular class the concept was performance. And it was performance uh, defined in a, very, in a very broad and specific way at the same time. And so the students then took a picture of something they, called, they considered a performance, and then they uploaded it. And so they were instructed to upload the picture without any context, just the picture, and then choose a different image and try to interpret it. Why would my peer choose this as, a, as an example of a performance? And then, a couple of days later, the students would go back and respond to another to the other student's interpretation of their picture. And so, in case you're wondering about doing staggered deadlines in, uh, in our learning management system, uh, the way that I do it is by creating uh, what I call ghost assignments, where I create an assignment that is ungraded, that only has a hyperlink to the original assignment, but I give it, different deadline and so when the student sees this in their calendar and they click on it, it takes them to the assignment page with the link and then the link takes them back to the original assignment and the reason I do this is because I constantly have students missing deadlines uh, because they would look at their calendar and it wouldn't show up in their calendar and they weren't engaged enough in the class to realize that that the assignment was due and so this has really cut that down The only thing is that these assignments don't always show up in the to-do list, Um, but it has definitely helped quite a bit. And this is uh, what the students came up with in this GoToVoice assignment. And so one of the really cool things that we did uh, was uh, I created a collage, so these these are all individual student pictures, and then when we met face-to-face, because it's a mixed-mode class, we talked about it. Uh, And so we see A lot of different interpretations of the concept and we see a lot of the students voice. And finally, uh, designing effective rubrics is important, especially if you have TAs. And I'm fortunate enough to have TAs that do a lot of my grading. Uh, And so the main thing that I find with rubrics is it gives the students a good understanding of what the expectations are. Uh, it gives the greater uh, an easier time to figure out what, the expe- what, the, what those expectations and standards are. Um, and as you see, um, I like to have uh, explicit rubrics, but I also like to keep them simple. So I only have two criteria. Uh, the other thing that I do is I instruct my TAs uh, that they can be flexible. So for instance, We have in thoughtfulness of reflection, we have the most rigorous criteria where a student needs to very critically engage with the course materials. The next rating is where the student does have some reflection but they don't really engage with course material. Well, if there's something in between where a student is engaging with the course material but maybe they're getting a concept wrong, uh, then I give my TA the opportunity to pick something in between a 12 and a 20. So maybe a 16 or an 18. So there is flexibility in the rubric to do that. But this is a good guidepost.
2: rubric, you're ready to go. It's important that you consider your presence online. Students would hide in that room and not respond. So if they're seeing you're not responding, it simply means that they won't engage if you have not put a grade on that. Here I show a little diagram of what we have done. I've gone into this discussion, I've said great job to everyone who made that initial post that Beatrice initiated earlier. And I've said great job, well done. I put a point on the content and I move forward. This is just an embedded image that you see right here. The issue of sustaining is It goes beyond, it goes beyond social presence because you want to ensure that you have that teaching presence online. Many times we engage, we are social, very good job, we have made that connection but we are not putting the students further. So therefore we have to consider questions. We have to consider the prompts. And we have to be very careful how we engage in these discussions. Why? It's not about us. We are facilitators of that discussion. And we should be careful and consider the timing of these discussions to ensure that when you go in, it's for clarifying, it's for asking additional questions to lead to higher-level thinking. If you're not careful, then students start responding to you instead of those who are involved in the discussion. And that is no takeaway because it takes away the validity of the interaction necessary. So you have to be very careful on that. So therefore, I made that comment after the initial post has been done. Now, I wanted a discussion that would create something that would fuse the content that I had and give me an extension of another activity. I was somewhat tired, and I wanted to look during the facilitation period. I wanted something more, something that I could get students to think deeper, to be more convicted in in their interactions. And I searched, and I think Calvin and I, we spoke, and he said, yes, TED-Ed. TED-Ed is a nice way. So I had some information that I had done for some work work before, and I wanted to fuse it. So I designed this to help me with the facilitation of, of, of that discussion. Here, I have written something. It's my personal work, and I have created that teaching presence. I'm telling students I'm an expert in critical literacy. So I go further, and then after doing that, my instructions are, watch this video. So they're getting another modality of learning. So they have watched that video, and then I move, and I say, I want you now to think. After watching, reading what I've written, I want you to think. So they responded with a few thoughts that they had, but I wanted them to go deeper, because some of them were confusing the issue of critical literacy with critical thinking. And I wanted to separate those ideas out. So I developed that sustained level of interaction in facilitating discussion and I required them to dig deeper. We want them to go down deeper as they present their stuff. So they're thinking now, and to wrap it up, what I did in facilitating this, I'm always checking in because I need to see what's going on in that zone. Because within that zone, I tell you, this this discussion yielded data that I could not share because it was so critical. And then they went into their discussion where they were They engaged, they gave feedback, and it was a wonderful discussion. I'll give a little feedback on that too. And finally, this is where they they post their discussion. And of course, you can see here. And I would tell you that this video viewing, when I started, and I can track it to my class really, was 380 and it moved up. And finally, I did what I wanted to do. I summarized it because I wanted to clarify I wanted them to have a clearer understanding of the concept, so I have the discussion. Here we have, with TED now, it's a wonderful tool. You can review students' work by clicking that tab. There's another tab that you can see the data in itself that you can have an overview of those who are in the discussion and get a broader view of it. So I think it's another way of facilitating a discussion and fusing the content that's online, content that you have in your course together to bring a blended approach to a discussion.
1: All right. So we have have some some examples of uh, creative use of technology for fostering critical thinking and student voice. Now that we've we've designed it, we've carried it out, what do we do next? Uh, And so feedback, of course, is very important, not just feedback for the students, uh, but feedback from the students to us. And so for the first point, of course, uh, Canvas gives us some really good tools for giving feedback to our students. And so here we have a screenshot of a student that did very well in the word cloud assignment. And uh, you can see the rubric. And then my TA uh, is able to give the student specific comments. And so here he says, oh, Derrida, bringing out the big guns. And so the student is able to get feedback um, specifically on what they did right, and of course, if they could have improved, then they get comments there as well. And so it's a really effective tool for communication with our students. Uh, And then, of course, debriefing is important. I mentioned before that when we did the photo voice assignment uh, in a mixed mode class, I showed them a collage of all the images that they created together, and then we were able to have a conversation about it in class. So as you can see, I'm a big fan of staying inside the learning management system. I find that, um, that stay, using the tools available to us is a good way of streamlining things, especially if, uh, if things go wrong technologically. There's uh, a lot of support available on campus. And so one tool that I like to use uh, to debrief is the uh, anonymous survey option that we have in our learning management system. Uh, Because it allows me to get request feedback from the students uh, in a way where they can feel safe in responding, especially if you're dealing with a class of 150, there really is no way for me to know who said what. And so I will use Canvas surveys as a way of getting feedback on specific writing, on specific kinds of assignments. And so so the ability to let them give me open-ended responses and do multiple choice is that I can pull quantifiable data uh, in terms of uh, their impression of the assignment. And I can also pull specific feedback. And so for instance, uh, I can see what works well. And so this student says, the best part was that it made the class content more relatable and i was a bit more i had a bit more of a connection with the material and then uh, a student that is giving me feedback the first time i used photo voice which was over the summer said i'm not sure if it was supposed to be pictures taken by us or if we were allowed to use screenshots online pics maybe clarifying if we have to take the picture or just post a picture would be good and that is definitely a lesson learned because i did have students who just pulled pictures off the internet and so the next time that i taught the class um, I, bear, I said very clearly and in very bold, bold letters, uh, you must take the picture yourself. And so I found that the surveys were very useful in getting student feedback for improving the assignment and also to get a sense of what their own impression was. And so uh, we actually asked the students to reflect on whether or not they felt they had, more criti- they had to use more critical thinking skills. And we found that they, their experience of it was that. Um, and that's actually one of the articles that is linked in the, uh, in the webpage. page. Um, Amy DeNoyle and I w- were able to publish some material off of that. So finally, uh, I thank you all for, for coming here and listening to, uh, to our experiences. Uh, as I said before, uh, important before the discussion to adjust settings, uh, to spend some time thinking through prompts that address what you want the students to do. Uh, I'm interested in process, so the word cloud is a really good way of doing that, but if you want content, then the word cloud is not really the best way to go about it, uh, because it's it doesn't give the students the benefit of context. Um, it's important to establish presence and to moderate uh, these assignments, uh, but also not off, over-moderate. Uh, and finally, uh, the role of feedback and using the resources that we have available to us in getting student feedback uh, is also another another very important element of fostering creative thinking and student voice. Um, and so thank you, and I'm happy to answer any questions. Yes, so I see a question here. Um, if they have to log into if they have to log into Canvas, how can you make a survey anonymous? Uh, there's actually a setting for it inside the Canvas tool uh, that's that you just check off a, t- a little check mark that says anonymous. Um, anything else? So would I advocate for including information from the graded discussions into the final exam? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, especially because the graded discussions are required, so they're a part of the material. Okay, so the question was, in the surveys, uh, the student quotes, were they taken from, uh, the, uh, elaborations from the multiple choice questions, or were they separate prompts? They were separate prompts.
0: So let me uh, encourage us all to thank Beatrice and Rohan for their presentation today. Now, before you go, please complete the session feedback forms that Amy Denoyles is bringing around to you, as this will help us continue to improve each of these seminars. And again, if you have any unanswered questions or ideas you wish to share, please just include those in the session feedback form, and we'll be able to follow up with you and and route those to our presenters. And let me also direct your attention again to the session web page containing countless, countless resources from today's seminar, including the slides and uh, the Adobe Connect recording, as well as uh, a pure audio recording, and you'll get a follow-up email with a link to the site as well, but hey, you could be on it right now. You could uh, take that little URL, URL with you, and don't forget to peruse the resources from past seminars, as those stay online, and they get hits on an ongoing basis, believe it or not, four years ago. If you have ideas for topics you would like us to address, please include those in the session feedback form. Thank you for participating and have a great day.